in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. One and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland. And I'm Lauren Volkelbaum. And we've got a topic that you guys are really gonna dig. Did you do that pun in the first, the first episode about Minecraft? I don't you- know because I didn't listen to it before the show. But I so, probably did. Yeah. Uh, so, so way back when, Jonathan and Mr. Chris Paulette did an episode about Minecraft. And it has been suggested by essentially the internet yes. that we do another one. Yeah, uh, it turns out that people love this game so much that uh, one episode is not enough. In fact, I think there are plenty of people out there who would just like it if we had mine stuff instead of tech stuff. But uh, we're not going to do that, but we are going to update that old podcast because as it turns out, back then when Chris and I recorded the episode. Neither of us had really played around with Minecraft at all. We had watched some videos on YouTube. We had read up on it. We had done our research, but we hadn't actually played it. And also, uh, at that point in time, it was still in beta. The official version had not been released right. yet. They so, had been taking pre-orders, but, but the official version had not come out yet. It was still mm-hmm. just a, a, a beta program. And um, yeah, it just turned out that it was, it, to, to us, to Chris and myself, it was like, Pokemon, something that we could research but didn't really understand. And I and I do want to say I have actually not played Minecraft, so so Jonathan has at this point. So yes. he he is the expert. However, I will I will go ahead and be upfront. I have played Minecraft on Xbox 360, which all diehard fans of Minecraft and even casual fans know is a much more simple version of Minecraft than the one you can find on PCs and Macs, uh, but. We'll we'll get into all of that. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, we really wanted to do another episode because the Minecraft culture has become such a thing. It's yeah. you know, I mean, for a game that was that was only released in two thousand nine, as of twenty thirteen, had sold over thirty million copies. You know, they have a merch deal with Lego. It's an independent game. Yeah, it's kind fun. of no one was ever expecting this to be this big of a thing. Certainly not the 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 man who who uh, programmed it. But it's funny because the the Lego thing to me just means it's gone full circle, right? Because huh. when you look at Minecraft, if you're trying to explain what Minecraft is to someone who has never played it, you're like, well, it's blocks, and you put the blocks together, and then you form bigger things that right. are kind of blocky. And you're like, oh, so it's like virtual Lego, and like, kinda, it's kinda like that, but there there's so could, much more to it, right? If you can make the Legos do stuff, right? By combining them in specific yeah, ways. If you were to get the robotic Lego set and then merge it with, say, the Lord of the Rings Lego set. And the magic worked. Yeah. yeah. But now there are actual Minecraft and there were zombies. Legos. Yeah. Yes. And there were zombies. You have to put the Walking Dead Lego set and I'm pretty sure there's not one. But, <laughs> but you know, I'm sure there are zombies. There have to be zombie Legos. I'm sure there have to be. But uh, There are at least dead pirate Legos. Anyway, so, we're so getting off topic. The basic game, we're going to cover what the basic game is so that uh, those of you who have never played Minecraft but have heard about it can understand Get what we're idea. talking about. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you go into a world that is essentially created for you. When you first start, the world gets created uh, uh, systematically where it has a distribution of resources that is different from game to game. Um, you play a little blocky character in- inhabiting this world. Uh, during the day, this world is idyllic. You have little piggies and, and, and cowies. Sheep. And sheepies and doggies and caddies running around. They're not called that. You know, not caddies. It's not a golf game. Um, but no, there are these animals running around. You've got beautiful forests. You've got uh, scenic, uh, snowy landscapes, mountains, caverns, oceans, all this kind of stuff. 
And uh, when night falls, the monsters come out and they try to kill you. And so if you're playing it on just the classic Minecraft mode, which is also called survival mode, your goal at least early on, is just survival. You're trying to gather materials, build a, a protective uh, house for you to, to stay in at night so that way the monsters don't get you. And then you can explore and build out your, your house. I've heard that, in fact, most players do not survive the first night. No, it's true, because if you've never played Minecraft before and you haven't any idea of how to build stuff because there's there's not really there's no instruction manual when mm-hmm. you start playing. Uh, you have to craft things. You gather resources, raw materials, and then you craft useful materials out of them. Now, technically, if you wanted to, you could craft a house out of the raw material of wood, but that means that every single block of your house and a block represents like one cubic meter. It's one meter by one meter by one meter. Um, each block of your house would be one block of wood. So you'd have to knock down the equivalent number of trees to create a house that was the right size to protect you. Also, I imagine that that wouldn't be as strong as a house made of other materials. No, actually, this well, it wouldn't be as flammable uh, if you made it out of stone. Uh, strength is kind of, it depends. There's only one thing that really can cause huge amounts of damage to your house, and that's a creeper. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. But... Anyway, so you what you could do is by crafting, you could convert raw material wood into planks. And so one block of wood would equal several blocks of planks. Thus, you would extend the usefulness of that one block of resource and be able to, you know, put down, say, four blocks of planks for every one block of wood. That means you don't have to uh, gather as much stuff. You have increased your efficiency. It's teaching you lessons, mostly in how not to die. Yay, those and, are my favorites. Yeah, so then you can also make tools that make it easier for you to gather materials. You can make tools that let you gather other materials like stone, so you could build something out of stone if you wanted to. Uh, you could build it out of metal if you were able to find enough metal. There there are veins of various ores in the Minecraft world, and depending upon which version of Minecraft you're playing, you may have just a couple, like iron ore or gold or diamond, something like that, so various metals and minerals. Um if you are playing the PC version, there are a lot more that are available. So you can get like aluminum or aluminium uh, and copper and things like that and tin. Uh, you can't do that on the Xbox version yet. Right. And there are all different kinds of combinations or, or recipes that you can use to put these the little bits of things into other little bits of things right. and create new stuff. Exactly. Uh, I think that there's about 180 or more right now. Yeah, and, and there again, the PC version, there are far more combinations you can make and it's less intuitive. Like I think anyone who's played the PC version who then tries to play the Xbox version remarks on how dumbed down the Xbox version is because for example, if I want to craft something in the Xbox version, I really just have to have the basic materials to make that thing, and then it does a lot of the work for me. In the classic Minecraft, you have a little crafting grid that opens up, and you have to place the raw materials in a specific formation within that grid to get the output you want. So, for example, it may be that a plank and two sticks could make a wooden axe or a wooden pickaxe or a wooden shovel, but it all depends on where you place them within that grid on what you get. Fortunately... 
that's not the case for the Xbox version, so I don't have to remember all that. <laughs> uh, as for the other modes, just really quickly, the other basic modes you can play in this game, there's creative. Now, creative just means that you can build and- That's a and, sandbox. It's yeah. just, it lets you go crazy and do what you want without needing to protect yourself from monsters at or, the end of the day. Or gather materials. Oh, you you okay. actually have all the, it's like you have an infinite supply of everything that's in the game. So then you can build whatever structure you want. If you wanted to, you could build a world and then allow other people to come into it. So, uh, cause you can create a server so that other people can play within your world. And that way you might use the creative mode to create a very interesting world for them to inhabit and potentially destroy, depending upon what levels of permission you give the other players. And whether or not they are big meanie heads. Yeah, yeah. there's, you're always going to get a big meanie head. Uh, there's also the hardcore mode, which is terrifying to me. Hardcore is that if you die, that's it. Uh, so, for example, if I create a world and it's self-contained, I don't have it connected to the Internet. I'm just playing by myself, but I'm playing in hardcore mode. If my character dies, it deletes the world. So all the work I've done, I might have made the world's largest castle in Minecraft. And trust me, that's always one of my goals. Um, but if I die, I lose it. It's gone. I can't retrieve it. If it's multiplayer and you die, you get ejected from the server and banned. So you can't rejoin the game. Uh, it just gives you a message saying, sorry, you're banned from the server. Technically, the administrator could allow you back in, but it would require some work on the administrator's part to delete some uh, some bits of code within the, the server wow. world. So most people I don't think would go through the trouble. Um, and then finally, you have adventure mode. And in adventure mode, people who come into your world are not allowed to destroy blocks unless they have the proper tools for that particular block. So, for example, for a block of stone, they would have to have a pickaxe. Normally in the game, if you punch something long enough, it'll break. Uh, some some materials are harder than others and thus take longer to punch to break. Like if you were talking about obsidian, I hope you packed a lunch. But, uh, you know, in adventure mode, you cannot do it unless you have the right materials. Well, that gets pretty tricky because most materials have at the very base of it wood. If you don't have an axe, you can't chop down wood. So when you start off in adventure mode, you can't even gather the most basic materials. So you have to kind of adventure around in the world to find stuff that can protect you once night comes and the monsters come out. Then if you encounter things like chests, you might find the basic tools you need to do some more gathering. And then you can finally start to play the game as if you are playing in survival mode. So those are your four basic modes. Keep in mind, and we'll talk about this later in the podcast, the the community around Minecraft has created so many different modifications or just mods for the game that these are just the basic ways of playing. There are dramatically different experiences on Minecraft based upon the way people have modified the game and given it different skins or different behaviors. And we'll talk about some of those a little bit later on. So that's your basis for the Minecraft game It's it, it's an incredibly simple concept that gets more and more complex as more uh, features have been added into the game over the course of its lifetime. Mm-hmm. And also as more players have, as you said, created these mods that yep. have, you know, it's it's a really self-developing community, yep. which is pretty fascinating. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the man who started it all? Marcus Persson. Yes. And, and, Persson, uh, I believe. Persson. Is, yeah, yes. that was, I was about to say, I didn't look up any of the... Uh, 
the pronunciation. So I'm glad you did because I, I looked at your notes and I saw that you had some phonetics in there. Um, now what is it? Is it Muyang is the name of his company? We'll get into it, but, uh. Yes, uh, Muyang. Muyang. I, I okay. think is how you say it. Um, but yes. I, see, I always go Japanese. <laughs> Yang. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so Marcus Pearson, um, better perhaps known on the internet as Notch. Yeah, we'll go with Notch for the rest of this podcast, mm-hmm. really. He's, uh, 34 as of this podcast in, <sighs> in October 2013. Um, grew up in Sweden, if you could not tell from our mispronunciation of his name. Yep. Um, and, uh, Learned learned to use a family computer when he was very young, a Commodore 128. Yep, he uh, his father was a railroad worker, and uh, so I guess he probably got some appreciation for the basis of Minecraft just from from being the son of a railroad worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, grew, grew up playing various bootleg games and uh, was particularly fond of a legit version of the Bard's Tale. I think that was the first one that he owned. Yeah, it was the first game he bought with his own money, mm-hmm. and uh, I can appreciate that because I also owned a copy of the Bard's Tale. Mm-hmm. And also enjoyed when he was a child playing all playing around with some of the programming codes that they used to publish in the back of programming magazines. Yeah, he talked about how his sister would read out the code and then he would type it into the computer and that sometimes he would make a mistake. And he realized that if he made a mistake, the program would behave in a way it was not intended. And he, rather than getting frustrated over this, felt a sense of power. It was a huge rush. Yeah, um, he... Worked in web design originally. I think a few of his teachers had kind of pushed him more towards graphic design. Yeah, he wanted to go into. Even though he knew at a very early age that he was interested in game programming. Yeah, he and his he and his buddies in school. Uh, when he was a teenager, he became a group of. Uh, he, he joined a group of of kids who were all interested in programming. They all were using uh, Atari ST computers at that point, right. trying to outdo each other. And he knew that that's kind of what he wanted to do. He wanted to develop games. But his teacher said, maybe you should go into graphic design instead. There's this whole web thing that's taking place. If you were a web designer, you could make huge amounts of cash. And so he went into web development. And then something happened. Something big happened. Well, I I, I believe he quit to become a game designer. He was like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to follow my dream and and quit his job, tried to become a game designer, and... The dot-com crash happened. Yeah. And uh, when the dot-com crash happened, it wiped out jobs across the board on a global scale. We think of it here in the U.S. as a largely U.S.-centered thing. But this was a global event. Absolutely. Um, so he was out of work for a couple of years, but finally got into a web game company working uh, programming in Flash. Yeah. And he built around 30 games in Flash. And also pursued programming in other ways. He was really interested in learning how to make very small, efficient programs. Sort of, how can I use the least amount of code to achieve the thing I want to do? So this is not necessarily the same uh, pathway that hackers take. Hackers will often say, I want X result, so I'm going to do whatever I can to get to X result, which means your code might be work, might work, but it might not be very elegant. He was looking at ways of making it a very small and compact program so that it's very portable. You can, you can use that code on multiple devices or multiple machines that have different levels of uh, complexity. So that way you don't, you know, you're not limited to just, well, this this program works, but you better have the hardware that can chug along or else it's never going to be a satisfying experience. Right. Um, this was right around the time of, we're getting up toward the, the late 2000s when he had been working at this company for a while. He had been designing Flash games and he came across a game in 2009 called Infiniminer. Oh, right. Yeah. You and Chris had talked talked about this one on the previous podcast. Yeah, so Infiniminer, if you were to just read a basic description of Infiniminer, you might say, huh, this sounds hauntingly familiar. 
because it was a block-based game, a multiplayer game, where it was a sandbox game, and you could mine things and build stuff with the stuff you mined. Uh, you would gather materials and build objects. And so it sounds a lot like Minecraft. Well, that's no mistake. I mean, that's that's kind of the the inspiration behind Minecraft. Now, there are many things that Minecraft does that InfiniMiner didn't do and was never intended to do. So I'm not saying that Minecraft is a copy of InfiniMiner, but you can see where the inspiration was. Also, I believe something happened to InfiniMiner. Oh, yes, it did. So Zektronic Industries, Zektronics Industries launched InfiniMiner kind of in a beta mode in the spring of 2009. And after a month, discontinued support. Oof. So the original, the original goal of InfiniMiner as a player was that you would go down uh, in a team, you have a team of players, you would play against other teams, and your goal was to mine certain types of materials and then bring those back up to the surface and you would accumulate points. But a lot of players found that it was much more satisfying to mine materials and then build stuff, not to go for this whole point-related game aspect, but to use it more as a true sandbox. So that's kind of what gave Notch the inspiration of, well, you know, this people are using this game in a way it, that it wasn't intended to be, and the support for the game has gone away. What if I made a game that, from the start, was meant to be what people were turning InfiniMiner into? And furthermore, that, you know, no one's going to cut support off to because I run it. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the InfiniMiner product kept on going for a while because the company ended up uh, making the code completely open source so anyone could download it, which meant that suddenly lots of people were running InfiniMiner on their own machines and changing it. But there were so many changes to InfiniMiner that it lost cohesion. It was no longer a unified platform. So there wasn't enough there to be, to have a community to stay around it, right? It was, there's so many different niche versions of InfiniMiner that you couldn't have a community anymore. So Minecraft took a slightly different approach. And he began to develop Minecraft starting right around, uh, well, according to, according to the Minecraft site, on May 10th, 2009. <laughs> That's exactly when he started to develop Minecraft. And um, he decided to switch from being a full-time web developer and game developer for, for uh, this other company to part-time. So he scaled back his work hours. He still was uh, an employee with this company, but he the other half of his time was spent developing Minecraft. Uh, and, and things moved really, really quickly. Uh, yeah, the game would release later that year in 2009. Yeah, yeah, the beta version came out. In fact, the beta version, for a long time, <laughs> people began to wonder if Minecraft was a Google product because it was in beta for a couple of years. Right. Uh, but but it meant that people could actually play the, the game he was working on and that, you know, you could even do pre-orders as early as June 13th, 2009. He had started developing on May 10th. June 13th, he begins to accept pre-orders for the game. He releases those early builds of the game for testing over the next two years, and he would keep on updating them, adding in new features uh, throughout those those two years as he was uh, preparing the game for its gold release. Uh, right. As of the first podcast, the game had not come out of beta yet. Yeah, that was uh, when we were still wondering if it ever would come out of beta, and actually right. it wouldn't take much longer. But before we get to that, on June 1st, 2010, that was Notch's birthday. And also the day that he quit his job, his his day job, and started devoting everything full-time to Minecraft. That's right. So June 1st, 2010, big day, big day for Notch, where he was ready to take the plunge. The Minecraft project, which he originally thought 
was going to be fun, but not a huge success. He hoped his biggest hope was that it would be successful enough to fund his next game idea, which he didn't necessarily have at that point. He was just hoping that, well, this this project will bring in enough money for my next project. Simple and fun and maybe and over six million people had downloaded it in that first year. So that's when it was the, the realization came with, wow, this could be. The big money maker. This could maker. be the game. This could so, be the game. Well, well, we'll move on into the rest of the timeline in just a second. But before we get too carried away, I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsor. All right. So we left off at Notch's birthday on June 1st, 2010, when he had made the big leap, cutting his uh, uh, his job and now focusing full time on Minecraft. Um, and... You know, the next date I have is in 2011. Do you have anything else in 2010? I do not, no. Okay, so March 2nd, 2011, Notch announces development for a new game called Scrolls. Uh, Scrolls was a game that uh, was kind of the brainchild of both Notch and another member of what would become his company, Muyang. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of a combination of a board game and a card trading game, kind of like... Magic the Gathering meets Wargaming. So you would have a strategy element on where you placed things in the game, as well as kind of this uh, card-based system, although they're called scrolls within the game, uh, which means that I would be terrible at it. But I'm sure lots of people enjoy it in many ways. Uh, meanwhile, he, uh, Notch, was figuring that, you know, this was all becoming more work than he was really willing and able to do by himself. Yeah. And so he founded a company, this this Muyang that we have been talking about a little bit. Uh, that was at some point in mid-2011 yeah. and has since then hired a team of maybe about 20 people or so. Yeah. There's someone who's in charge of fun. To work mostly on Minecraft, honestly. Right, and right. There are a couple of other products. There's scrolls. And then there was one other one that they... Announced, but we'll get to that because yes. uh, it's it's kind of a sad story. Um, but, um, in June of 2011, our first episode on Minecraft came out. <laughs> just, just just to give you give you a concept of when in the timeline this was. Oh wow, um, I was so young and innocent in, back then. <laughs> in November, the first international convention for Minecraft happened. That was in Las Vegas, yep. and it was aligned with the release of Minecraft. Officially. Yeah. In fact, in 2011, that was a huge year for Minecraft. In August of that year, they released a pocket edition for Xperia Play, which was uh, it was an exclusive deal to Sony. But the exclusivity only lasted a very short while. By October 7th, it had uh, expired. And so on October 7th, 2011, they released the pocket edition of Minecraft, which is really meant for um, uh, mobile devices. It's a simplified version of Minecraft that you can play on mobile devices. Right. It's currently available for iOS and also Android. Yep. The, October 7th was when it came out on Android. And then on uh, November 17th is when it came out for iOS. And on November 18th, that's when Minecraft had its official release, keeping in mind that people have been playing this game for two years already mm-hmm. uh, they in various stages. And in, and for a while, in fact, I think you can still get Minecraft Classic for free, which is based upon the original code for Minecraft. The new game, the game that actually you can purchase, it varies depending upon where you are. In the United States, it's around $27 or $26.95, something like that, uh, in the U.S. to buy a copy uh, on PC. Um, but the Minecraft Classic one is free to download. Um, they are two different games, really. And then uh, the Xbox version, of course, has its own pricing. And, and while it hasn't happened yet, and I kind of wrote this later in the timeline, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, uh, the 
PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One will both also have Minecraft on them. Um, PlayStation 4, that'll be the first time anyone on the PlayStation platform who didn't have an Xperia could actually play this game. So I expect the numbers will continue to explode. Uh, the game has been incredibly popular. I was really, I was at the, uh, the Microsoft press release at E3 this past year, 2013, and, uh, the Xbox One press release one of the games they showed off was Minecraft. Wow. And you're sitting there thinking like... I mean, among all of these really high graphics, crazy sound, all of this, you know, big flashy stuff. And then Minecraft. Yeah, and it got a huge response. Oh, I'm sure. Big cheer from the audience. I'm like, never before have giant one meter blocks looked in higher fidelity than right now. And fidelity, I know is the wrong word. I should say resolution. But at any rate, it was it was amusing to me (laughs) to see the the massive uh, uh, power of the Xbox One compared to the Xbox 360 anyway, being used to do Minecraft. However, that being said, again, the differences between the Xbox version and the PC version are pretty vast. Like, the Xbox version is much smaller. The, the individual worlds are smaller than the um, the PC version. So, for example, if you start in your spawn area and just walk in a, a straight line from where you started, eventually you hit the end of the world. Uh, in the Xbox version, it takes place much more quickly than it would in the PC version. And in fact, in the PC version, it would continue to try and generate the world. And one of the uh, problems that the earlier builds of Minecraft had was that if you went beyond a certain point, it ran out of computer memory. And so you would have these big gaps in the world. And they used to refer to that area as the end. It's now a goal for you to journey to the end. It's actually part of the the end game of Minecraft, if you want to think of it that way. And it's kind of funny because it's one of those things that sort of popped up as a result of just the limitations of the game itself. But like I said, the Xbox version, much more limited. I expect the Xbox One, the worlds will be larger. They just recently increased the size within uh, uh, the Xbox 360 version. I noticed because I'm currently building a tower in my um, in, in your my, quest for the biggest castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right now I'm just building a skyscraper because uh, my castles, I I. I Get to a point where I burn out. So now I'm building a, a, uh, 10 by 10, actually, I guess it's technically 11 by 11, uh, tower. And it's currently, I think, 13 stories tall and each story is three meters tall. So if you want to help me build my tower, look for John B. Strickland on Xbox Live. Cause I'm on there all the time, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was a big tangent. Let's get back into the timeline. Uh, yes. So by the end of 2011, Notch had stopped working on Minecraft. And yeah. in December, he was, you know, I, I, when he speaks about video games, he reminds me a little bit of Sid Meier. A lot of Sid Meier, yeah. And I mean, A, because he just sounds like a really nice dude. And B, he is so passionate about creating games, about the actual developer programming part of it, and is a little bit disinterested in in the fame side of it and yeah. and also in the in the hoopla part. I mean, yeah. I, I it seems like he gets very frustrated and he's got a really great blog on Tumblr that I'll um, reblog some stuff from, even though it's like from two years ago. It's just really great. Uh, you know, wherein he just he just talks about getting to this point where he was like, I love programming. I love talking about programming and I'm really disinterested in having anyone give me feedback on my programming when it's at such a basic stage because it's yeah. it's just a total buzzkill. Yeah, there's actually I've got some great quotes from him. Uh but yeah, like he's he said specifically to that end that he feels the pressure to repeat the success of Minecraft. And that 
the fact that Minecraft succeeded so overwhelmingly, so uh, saying that it went above and beyond his his uh, expectations is there's that's such an an understated way of putting it because he's made a hundred million dollars from Minecraft and Minecraft merchandising. I mean. When I first saw Minecraft, I never would have imagined that merchandising would be a big deal, but it's a huge deal. Yeah. In 2012 alone, he would earn over a hundred million dollars on Minecraft. A hundred million dollars. So he has the freedom to do whatever he wants. And that part is great. He loves that part. The part he doesn't love so much is that because Minecraft was such a huge success, that's what people expect from him now. They, you know, in, another in, huge success. Yeah. They, they want, they expect another Minecraft. So that puts an enormous amount of pressure on him to develop something that's as good as Minecraft is. Whereas he wants, he wants the freedom to be able to develop whatever he likes and not the pressure of, oh, it has to meet these certain expectations. Mm-hmm. Cause once you have those expectations there, that puts, uh, parameters on what you can build. Cause if it's something that just interests you and you really want to do it, but no one else really gets it, then you just you're setting yourself up for lots of criticism as people are like, this is not what I wanted. I want you to build another Minecraft that's not Minecraft, but it's just as good as Minecraft. And, and, you know, for example, when you're the kind of dude who just unto himself creates a website that lists all of the natural numbers in existence and then tweets about it to, you know, your 1.3 million followers, maybe... You know, maybe you've got other stuff going on. That, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just saying, you know, it, it's it's the guy's the guy's brain works in really interesting ways, and yeah. and being beholden to an audience about, and especially a very large, very vocal audience, I can understand his frustration. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and you know, so so in in 2012, everything was really ramping up. That year, the 360 version of Minecraft was more played. Than Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah, it, it hit Xbox Live Arcade and then it exploded. There and there are some great shows that are Minecraft oriented. Uh, uh, Chad from This Week in Tech has a YouTube series about Minecraft. The Rooster Teeth guys have Let's Plays and Let's Builds set in Minecraft that are entertaining and hilarious. In fact, they even <laughs> Gavin Free of Rooster Teeth created the most ridiculous thing. He created no, really, yeah. Gavin Wood. That's yeah, he, crazy. yeah, I know. No. Oh, <laughs> Gavin. Uh, so he he created a a basic structure that was an obsidian block and then four gold blocks. He mined all this gold, and you know when you mine gold, you then have to refine it, and you get gold bars. You then, if you have enough gold bars, can make a gold block. He mined and refined all this gold. I, they were they wanted the gold for another reason. They wanted to use the gold to create circuits to power uh, a minecart track. Okay. They were they were trying to get an achievement in the Xbox version of the game where you have to travel a certain distance on a on a rail car and then you unlock the achievement, which meant they needed gold. But Gavin took all the gold and made gold blocks out of it instead of using it to actually make these Do powered the rail that- <laughs> right. So he's being a bit of a troll, which is kind of what Gavin does. And uh he then created this obsidian he put an obsidian block down and then uh four gold blocks and called it the Tower of Pimps. That is that became its name, the Tower of Pimps. And then now it's become a thing in the Rooster Teeth games where they compete and whoever wins gets the Tower of Pimps that week. And they've actually got a 3D printed version of the Tower of Pimps that goes from one person's desk to another as they battle over it. Well, it turns out that uh the Notch must watch Rooster Teeth. The people must watch it because um 
They incorporated the Tower of Pimps in a secret part of the tutorial world of the Xbox 360 version of Minecraft. If you play the tutorial world and you know where to look, you can find a pre-built Tower of Pimps there. So, I mean, this is, wow. a, this is again, kind of showing how they value that community that has grown up around the game, where people who make something that resonates with an audience, they acknowledge that. It's not one of those games where you put it out there and then you just, you divorce yourself entirely from it and then you go do something else. Yeah, um... The, the company, Muyang, was big enough as of 2012 that they were included in this total patent troll lawsuit along with, like, Electronic Arts and Square Enix. Yeah. Um, uh, over, over, a pay Android usage. Yeah. Some sort of, it was either in-game payments or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I mean, you know, that's, that's a pretty huge sign of, of you've yeah. made it. Yeah. You've, you know, you've made it when you get sued. When you get targeted, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I um, hope I never make it. <laughs> Notch also that year was presented with a special award from the British Academy of Film and Television Arts video game yep. segment. Uh, in, uh, he also, did, during this time, was also working on a new game called uh, Zero Times Ten to the Power of C, which was supposed to be, the, the Zero Times Ten to the Power of C was supposed to be a coding error within the, the confines of this game that causes the entire human race to go into cryogenic sleep. And when they wake up, it's eons later and the universe has changed as a result because so much time has passed. And it's another it's another sandbox kind of game. You're, yeah. it's, it's also very 16-bit and blocky. Um, and exploration was a big theme, as is trading. But uh, uh, as of August of this year, 2013, um, it is no longer in development. Uh, Notch said that he had... Uh, had stopped developing the game and did not have any aspirations for it to continue. It's actually been taken over, though, by a fan group that calls themselves Project Trillic. And yeah. and he's basically given them his blessing. Yeah, they're from what I understand, they're trying to create essentially the game he was building, but they're not necessarily using the code that right. he had developed. So they're they're. They've got the same end goal, but they're taking their own pathway to get there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh. Minecraft kept on keeping on uh, in February 11th, 2012. It launched on a new platform, one that we just got access to because I think we I think we have access to this. I think this is one of the things that's sitting on your desk. The Raspberry Pi in, in 2012 or 2013, 2012, 2012, 2012 February wow. 11th, 2012. It came to the Raspberry Pi, the Minecraft Pi edition. And it's available for free download on the, the Mu Yang's blog. Oh, you should fire that thing up. Yeah, I was just saying, like, let's fire up the Raspberry Pi, download that, because it's meant to be an educational tool for novice programmers. It's actually, it's not necessarily meant just for entertainment, but to learn how to program and using that as sort of another platform on programming. All right. Well, it's Java based. And I've heard that actually a lot of, a lot of kids are getting into programming through Minecraft uh, unto themselves. And not only just, uh, uh, programming, but also circuitry, because you can build circuits within the world of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And you can even uh, build the, you know, you can think of them as macro processors, not microprocessors, because they they span entire fields within the game of Minecraft. But you could build a working calculator in Minecraft mm-hmm. using all the basic electronic components that you can create or mine in the game, which, you know, I've seen some of the videos of people who have done this, where, you know, you hit a switch and it creates a, a very simple computer algorithm that follows very basic rules, but it's 
According it'll it'll the, solve an equation for you, or you know whatever that yeah whatever whatever it's designed to do yeah. yeah and or play you know, a piece of music or yeah yeah I've seen those two where they set up the various music blocks and uh, set up the circuit so that it plays a specific tune. It's a level of uh, understanding of this game that is really surprising to me, but it also means that people are learning the basics of electronics as well as the basics of programming. Uh, through this one game. And it and it can inspire people in other ways, too. We'll talk about that in a second. One of the interesting things that I read, and I, I know you read the same piece. It was a, There was a piece in The New Yorker about Notch that was quite good. Yeah, that was great. I thought I had it written down. Uh, uh, it was written by Simon Parkin. It was published in April 2013. I'll, I'll see if we can remember to link it on social. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent article. And in that, uh, Notch is quoted as saying, I don't want to feel like I'm in charge or anything. Of course, it doesn't really work that way because we all know I'm the founder. But I try to have a studio where people go to make games for the fun of it, not just because some investor has said we have to make money. And that kind of boils down to his basic philosophy. And it very similar to Sid Meier, this idea that I love to build things. I love to make games. I love to make things that are fun to play. And that's my motivation. It's and, not and hu- huge games, games where you get to decide what the story is, what your motivations are. Yeah. Yeah. Th- these are games where there's not necessarily a pathway that you have to follow. You can take one of a billion pathways. Now, Minecraft does have kind of an end game. Uh, I had mentioned it before that there are three basic worlds in, in the, in the original version of Minecraft. Keep in mind, there are mods out there that have all sorts of worlds, but the three basic worlds are the overworld, which is where you spend your time when you first start off. Then there's a, a kind of Hades like region called, uh, the nether where everything is on fire and trying to kill you. Uh, that's only a slight exaggeration. Uh, there are certain things that are not on fire, and there are a couple of critters that aren't actively trying to kill you, but everything else is. Sounds um, like how I feel about our new office environment. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, I certainly think Robert's out to kill me. Uh, he's already set up his his second secondary monitor to block me off. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'm sure it's not personal. No, it's just so he has a semi-cubicle to himself. Uh, love you, Robert. Anyway, so uh, the... You know, there, there's the overworld, the nether, and then there's the end that I mentioned before. That's where endermen come from. Endermen are these kind of creepy characters that are three blocks tall. They're the the tallest regular characters you would inc- uh, encounter in Minecraft. Uh, they also are not aggressive unless you look at them. If you look at them and you look above their legs, essentially, they become uh, aggressive and will try to kill you. They can also teleport, so they're tricky critters to defeat. But if you go to the end, which is where the Endermen supposedly come from, you can uh, encounter the Ender Dragon. The Ender Dragon is enormous and deadly and uh, probably requires multiple people ganging up on it at once using enchanted weapons. These are all things that were added into Minecraft over the course of the game, obviously. Mm -hmm. When it first started, you didn't have ways of enchanting items and you didn't have dragons flying around. But if you defeat it, then you get a uh, little um, you get a story that unfolds that's supposedly very beautiful. I have not read this story because I have not defeated the Ender Dragon and I refuse to watch a video and see it for myself until I have done it. So I'm waiting until I get to a point where I feel like, all right, let's give this a shot. Let me get like at least three or four other people who want to throw their lives away <laughs> and, and take on the Ender Dragon. So uh, there is an end game in the game in that sense, but you never have to play it that way if you don't want to. There's no reason for you to go after that goal if it doesn't interest you. 
Um, and uh, we've seen some interesting uses of Minecraft in ways other than just as a game. Oh, right. It's kind of a semi-official educational tool. It is being taught in schools. Yeah. Yeah. It's being used as a tool in various applications. Mm-hmm. So you've got some where it's like city planning. You know, the idea of how do you how do you lay out a city so that it makes sense? And they use Minecraft as the basic building blocks for that, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other ones where it's just teaching teamwork, where you throw a group of students in a, a newly developed world and say, all right, here are the basic thing or what what basic things do you need to do in order to survive? What? How do you prioritize those steps? How do you delegate who does what? Mm-hmm. How do you actually achieve your goals? And so that's another way. Or even just as a motivator, I read about it being used in a in a in a foreign language class, mm-hmm. and that you know the student the the teacher is like, fine, you guys can play Minecraft, but you have to speak entirely in this language that you're learning in right. order. And that's while the only. You're it's the only way you can communicate. You can communicate via text, or you can talk to each other, but you have to speak and write in this other language that you're. Learning learning, um, which is great because it turns you into this, you know, it's an immersive environment where you have to communicate in order to work to, together. Yeah. And- so the, that was, I thought, a very clever way of using Minecraft. Uh, there is an organization called Teacher Gaming, which runs Minecraft EDU, which is a tool designed to help teachers incorporate Minecraft into lesson plans. Uh, it actually has a special build of Minecraft where you can sign in as a student or a teacher and uh, can create specific goal-oriented tasks um, and encourage things like communication and uh, teamwork. I've read about a lot of uh, gamer parents who have played with their children or set up servers for their children so that yeah. they can play in a safe environment. And um, Another example of that is uh, Bernie Burns of Rooster Teeth, who talks about playing it with his son. And then that's, in fact, how he got introduced to Minecraft. And uh, and now it's a, a big part of what Rooster Teeth does. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So uh, and of course, he was not the only person in the company to have played the game. Gavin also had an unfair advantage in those early games because he knew what was going on, whereas everybody else was like, how do I make an axe? So <laughs> and of course, you know, what does Gavin do with that knowledge? Lulz. He builds the Tower of Pimps. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, knowledge is power, people. And with great power comes great something or other. Yeah. There was a frolicking motion, by the way, that, yes. that I really felt got lost in, in and, audio and translation. It was Lauren doing the frolicking, yes. not, not Jonathan. Let's um, be clear. <laughs> I do not frolic. Oh, you frolic. I, I cavort. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a frolicker. I, I'm a cavorter. Um, and so there are other interesting mods. I saw a mod where you can build, and maybe this isn't even a mod, but I don't play the PC version. So this is this is brand new to me. But you could build a, um, a rocket and then actually go from the world of Minecraft to the moon, which I just blew my mind. I was like, this is incredible. And it also involved a lot of the materials that occur in the PC version, but not in the Xbox Uh, version. mm -hmm. So I saw it and I was like, well, there's no way for me to do this right now. I mean, I could always go out and buy the PC version, but then that means I have to learn. There was there was a mod that you guys talked about in the original episode uh, that was of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, it was a guy who had uh, who had gone essentially into creative mode and wanted to make a to scale one to one version of the Enterprise. Like that you can get in and like crawl around and be in a Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. And yeah, you could, you could explore the various decks. This was the uh, the NCC 1701. So not the. Not the not the later enterprises. We're talking original series huh. uh, enterprise. Um, and an update on that story. Uh, 
over over that enterprise mod, Mayang got hit with a cease and desist from Universal Studios to to which not. I think it was Paramount Pictures, actually. Uh, I read Universal okay. Studios, right. but I'm willing to go with either. Um, yep. and uh, it, to, to which Notch replied, "Like it's it's like sending a letter to Adobe because someone drew a copyrighted image in Photoshop." Like, right. They, He's like, "Like I built the tool, but I didn't build that." Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, Putt Putt, which is actually a brand name of of mini, mini golf, golf. Yeah. Um, also has sent a cease and desist in further misunderstandings. It's, of- it, it's the same. You know, it's the same sort of thing as Safe Harbor with sites like YouTube, right? Where YouTube is offering people the platform to the space upload. to play. Yeah, not- you can upload videos. YouTube itself is not responsible for the material inside those videos. It does have a responsibility to act when uh, those videos violate intellectual property. But how do you do that when someone has just built the enterprise on a server that they own? You know, you essentially you have to serve that to that cease and desist to the person to the, who built it, right? Not to the company that provided the tools. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we've seen lots of other interesting builds besides that. Oh, and I talked about how these mods are uh, pretty popular. There are a lot of different skins that you can get for um, for uh, Minecraft. Not just for your character, you can put give your character a different skin. Some of which are based upon other popular games. They have Halo skins. Oh, cute! So if you want a little blocky Master Chief, you can make one. Although, um, although Notch did write a really nice, I I linked this on Twitter today because I was just so impressed with it. Uh, a, a really nice post about how Minecraft is genderless. Yeah. Um. That that your natural avatar, you know, at some point started being called the Minecraft guy because he's kind of blocky and dude-ish. And Steve. And and that and, and that's yeah. Well, so, someone I think someone asked. Notch at some point. Oh, what's the dude's name? And he was like, Steve. <laughs> and I think that's how that one Steve. got started. Um, but, but that, you know, all, all the animals in Minecraft are genderless. They can all make little babies with any other animal that's true. of that type. Yeah. And get, et cetera. If you get, it, and babies were really new for the Xbox 360. Not that new now, but I remember when it, uh, like if you, you can make animals be, uh, receptive to the mood of love by giving them food. And um, so you can tame them, sort of. You can you can lead them into like a fenced area, okay. and then and then fence them in. And if you feed them, they're they're like you know, they have little hearts appear over their head. And as long as you have two of that kind of animal, you're good to go. There's going to be babies popping up soon. Um, so yeah, there's no like there's no fifty fifty chance that you accidentally put two of the same gender because they're they're this non gendered mm-hmm. gender. Yeah, so. and and that you're and you know and that also your avatar is technically non gendered. Yeah, and so so it's, you know skins are great, but I right like to- well, and they also have skins that overlay the entire world, not just your character. So mm-hmm. you get there's like one specifically for the Xbox 360 where you can uh, do a Mass Effect texture overlay. So suddenly the the world looks like. You know, a Mass Effect world and mm-hmm. all the all the structures look different. All the materials look different. You have to relearn what everything Oof. is. Ouch. So, yeah, like, what is this? Oh, that's what iron looks like now. Um, they also have one recently added to the 360 that is more of a plastic look. So it looks kind of like the actual Lego Minecraft set. Cute. It's very, very plasticky because there are textures on those blocks, but they're very simple textures. So you can get these different skins that make them look totally different and that those are two examples that are actually found on the xbox 360 one where you can purchase them but there are countless user generated skins and mods out there i uh 
I'm really impressed by the community that's grown up around Minecraft. And it's a very young community, too. This is one of those games that really resonated with a young audience. Right. Where, you know, kids who have that natural curiosity to learn how things work and to build things and to experiment, this was a playground for them to use that kind of, uh, that kind of inclination. Mm-hmm. And it really encouraged people to do that. So that's one of the reasons why I think we've seen so much incredible innovation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that all goes back to just not being an awesome dude and, and wanting people to have that experience of being able to create and play and make up their own minds about what the game is. Agreed. And so, you know, I, I'm always curious to see if this kind of philosophy will, trickle out to other developers. I think that there are some developers that will want to try and capitalize it based on the fact that it was such a huge success. So in other words, from Notch's perspective, they'd be coming at it from the wrong uh, the <laughs> wrong motivation. Right, right, right. They're coming at it from the motivation of what can make us a lot of money, not yeah. what is going to make a compelling gaming experience. And it's it's certainly not that this kind of world has never been seen before in gaming. I mean, you've, you've got lots of sandbox creator sure. kind of things out there, but but yeah, you know, this, this this, is- it just resonated. It was one of those things that that was uh, just just complex enough to be compelling, but not so complex as to be infuriating. And perhaps just at the right time when I think there was a high level of frustration with some of these really big names in games that were coming out with these laborious like like kind of overwrought kind of overdone or or like the the 18th sequel to a game where oh, right, where there exactly. where there just didn't seem to be any kind of innovation or n- nothing new it was a it was a new maybe like a new skin on an old game and maybe a couple of new gaming elements but this was something that was very different from everything else that was out there so yeah it's uh you know I will Notch ever make another game that will resonate as much as Minecraft? I don't know. I say we let Notch build whatever the heck he wants to build and whether or not it's as successful as Minecraft, it'll probably be awesome. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, he 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 deserves I think uh, the opportunity to play around and and not be uh, badgered about what the outcome is going to be because you know, he's already made an incredible game. Let's give the guy uh, some space to do what he does best. Yeah. You know? So, uh, hey, Notch, if you're listening, we're with you, buddy. Yep. All right. So um, that kind of wraps up this discussion about Minecraft. I hope that fulfills all the deep driving needs of all of our Minecraft fans out there who have been begging for us to do another Minecraft episode. I always showed them the link to the old Minecraft episode. He said, that's not enough. <laughs> so... um I hope this is enough, at least for the time being. We're going to talk about some other topics in future episodes. But hey, we need your help. We need your help to decide what future topics we're going to talk about. So you need to write in to us and tell us what you want to hear about. As long as it's not Minecraft, you smart aleck. And the way you do that is you send us an email. Our address is techstuff at discovery.com or drop us a line on one of the many social networks you can find us at including Facebook, Twitter and Tumblr. Our handle at all three of those is techstuffhsw and Lauren and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com 